Good morning, everybody. I'm going to ask the uh, children and those that go into the nursery to go ahead and do that. We have everything for you ready, and the people are ready for you as well. And I want to uh, take this time to say hello to those that are online. Thank you for joining us at Living Hope. My name is Pastor Mona Stephen, and today we are following through on our series called Next Step. Uh, for those that did not see part three, it is going on right now, as a matter of fact, and part four will be next week for those that are not here. Um, but there are some changes to come on, the, on, on our online platform, so uh, just keep your ear to our One Body Ministry or the Facebook Living Hope, and you'll always get videos like you had yesterday in regards to what's going to happen today coming in. Uh, for those that are online, we at New Brunswick right now are in mandatory emergency order and so some things had to be put in place as you can see that we are doing our distancing and doing whatever we have to do uh, to keep the people um, free from illness and so on and so forth and many of us are here many of us are not here so I want to again thank you for coming today despite the news despite the changes it's a kind of shaky time isn't it eh? one more time we're going through it again I was thinking about you know as some friends in the states that have been closed for 17 months they never went through you know going from red to orange to yellow to green they never experienced going in and out of, you know, changing. And I really thought that maybe some of us might be experiencing some PTSD. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just like we had the, the donkey twitch there because there's just so many changes and we have to be really on guard. And I really thank, I want to thank the, the Lord for our team here. They are moving us forward. And I'm telling you, I, I, I speak one word and they're on it. And I just want to thank the Lord for their faithfulness on your behalf. They, they are here to make this work for you and, and for the glory of the king, obviously. But so he, we're here and we're talking, we have been talking about how do we take the next step, especially when things are so rapidly changing every week, especially in the last two weeks. Oh my goodness. You know, it's the last week we talked about, you know, without faith in taking that step, that we would, well, we, we would find it hard to move from that place of fear and that place of anxiety and that place of you know being comfortable enough to go out and shop and do all these things. Beloved, we were called to something so much greater, but we do, we're always called to when God reveals himself that we have to take that next step. And without faith, that next step for some of us are totally impossible because we're so consumed with unbelief or disbelief when it comes, can God keep me? Can God, is he trustworthy enough and faithful to do what he said he's going to do? And that's why faith knows that no matter what the situation is in our life, that God is going to work it out. People of saving faith, we just know in the end. But sometimes if we look at our lives, we know we're not taking the next step because our faith might be maybe full of holes this morning. And so we've been actually encouraging you and maybe exhorting you to maybe go after those things that are causing you a misstep and or not taking the step to just move forward in your walk with God and forward in what he's revealed to you in your home, in your marriage, in your life, your personal life. So because of this truth, when it talks about faith, we, we see this in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for it is the evidence of things we cannot see. 
So we know that we were exhorted last week, let's live by faith, beloved, and not by sight. I gave you evidence of what it looks like when we live by, by sight. I'm not going to go there again, but I just wanted you to see this verse again because it says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. So without hope this morning, our next step in this changing world, and maybe a world that, that might not go according to what we think we need to be happy or content or satisfied with, we need to understand that without hope, our next step will be very, very shaky. But we need to understand where do we have our hope in? Because for us Christians, hope is not wishful thinking. It's based on facts. So the definition of hope in the Bible is this, confident expectation on what God has promised and his strength is in his faithfulness. So the promises are in his faithfulness and actually doing it. That's why, you know, Numbers 23 is one of my favorite. And God is not a, a man that he should lie. If he promises, he will actually fulfill that promise. If he speaks, he will act upon it. But do we really believe that? Is our hope in the midst of all of these changes? It is really, is it on God? Now, we understand that even in uh, Romans 15, 13, he says this about hope. Yeah, Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Have you been filled completely with joy and peace as you navigate the different changes going on? And the reason for it is because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not about what I feel. That's why we shouldn't be walking by sight. Because let me tell you, if I wake up in a bad mood, then, you know, sometimes we just want everybody else to be in a bad mood too. You know, and sometimes we wake up totally alone thinking that God is totally, you know, not there with us. But really the reality of our hope is based on facts. It is based on what does God say? Well, if God is our source of hope, and that he wants to give us complete joy and peace when we trust him, that our next step needs to understand, it, 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 the overflow of that is that we'll take our next step to choose what we need to do. We need to follow through on what God is showing us. See, the confident expectation of what God has promised is not only about knowing that he is our source of hope, but it's entrusting him to take that next step. However, and whatever that next step is for you guys, and maybe it's to decide to actually turn your life over to God because you realize your life is unmanageable and you've tried everything to manage your life and you have been powerless to do so. Amen. Have we not all gone there? But sometimes we don't let go of that default, the pride that's in us. We just still try to fix things. And while we're trying, we're not actually casting our hope in the source of hope, which is God. We're casting it in our ability to fix it, our self-sufficiency, our independence. We say, well, you know, I, you know, I, because a lot of us experience betrayal. A lot of us have experienced abandonment and rejection. And because of it, a lot of times we cast our hope in the wrong things. And then we find ourselves embittered because those people didn't keep up the measurement. But I know one who keeps his measurement always the same. And that is God. So when we trust him, the power of the Holy Spirit will actually cause our confidence to go right back to his faithfulness, not our own. I can't stay true to myself. Are you kidding me? But this is what we do. We get up thinking, I'm going to stay true today. By lunchtime, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's just like, oh my goodness, help me. You know, because we are, we're casting our hope to the wrong things. Now, Hebrews 10 
Well, in King James, that verse in Romans 15, it says believing instead of the word trust. And believing is about reliance, beloved. So if we're relying on our source of hope, which is God, which is he's faithful, he's good, he's mighty, he's powerful, then what happens is that that confident hope that is ours, and that's what we see in Romans 5, that hope won't disappoint us. But so many of us, we spend a lifetime being disappointed. Would you agree? We're just disappointed. We're disappointed. That disappointment leads us to discouragement. Discouragement leads us to resentment. Resentment leads us to bitterness. And here we go. We are so stuck in that track that we can't move forward, no matter if God is revealing something to us. So Hebrews 10, 35, 36 says this. Do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. So he's talking about put your confidence in God, his promises, his faithfulness, and you will be rewarded. So you need to persevere so that when you have done, that's the next step, the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Now, a lot of times he says he promised that he will give you peace that passes all understanding. And a lot of us, we never tap into that peace. We never tap into that joy because, you see, we are not casting our confidence in the right place. Jeremiah 17, 7 says this, um, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord what? Their hope and confidence. We need to consider our next step. We are living, are we living by faith or sight? That was our challenge last week. This morning, have we cast our confidence elsewhere to find the strength to move forward? See, some of us are really going through a lot of troubles and distresses, not even just about the pandemic. Our families, our marriages, our loved ones, our grandchildren, our children, our friends, they're they're struggling. They're, They're going through a lot of things. And a lot of times we try to move forward in our own strength. Have you ever done that? Because I have done that. To find yourself overwhelmed and really truly discouraged because nothing is changing. The question is, will we let God's promises his faithfulness to determine those promises in our life, to take that next step with him instead of within our own strength. You see, we see many individuals in the Bible that show us what it looks like to walk with a confident expectation of what God has promised. God has promised freedom to all those who called out to him. God has promised refuge God has promised a strong tower. He has promised a fortress for us. He has promised, you know, a stronghold that we could hide in the midst of our struggles and our storms. But beloved, we can know all that information, but if we don't apply it to the decisions of our life, then it's just knowing. We'll never take the step. And when we take the step, you'll know that you have because something will shift in your heart. Your experience with God will change. Your understanding of him will increase. The ability to be transformed will be evident. You were once bitter, now you are a forgiving individual. You were once agitated, now you're walking in grace. You were once judgmental, now you are saying, you know, I think I'm going to love them. But it's not coming from us. It's coming because God says, if you trust me, I will cause this hope to flow from you, this love and this grace. 
And so we know that when we look at the promises, we can look to the to Paul as an individual that understood that his strength was in knowing that God's faithfulness would keep him. That was his strength. What's your strength today? Is it knowing that God, his faithfulness will keep you? 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9 says this. Now we know this one, we've heard it, but I want to break it down because Paul shows us the next step. He shows that no matter what he faces, he's always willing to do the next step for Jesus. Because you see, his view, his understanding of what he needed to do was very clear. I think this is what God is trying to clear up. Why are we doing what we're doing today? First, a second Corinthians says this, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Are you hard pressed today? The Bible says you're not crushed. You're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now, this is what it means when you break it down. When he says we are hard pressed on every side, he says that there's constant pressures. They're, they're, they're pressing in, just difficulties that press in. Have you experienced that? I experience that pretty much every day. The, it, it just presses in the difficulties, just life. Life can be laborious at times, doesn't it? And we sometimes wonder, God, where are you? No, he's right there, beloved. Because he wants to do something so much bigger in those pressed difficulties. But he says, when I'm pressed with difficulties, he says, I'm not crushed. I won't be crushed. Never, And it did never stopped him from being what he needed to be for Jesus. He, it was never about the difficulties for him. It was about what, how God was going to help him with those pressed difficulties. It wasn't about what he was going through. It was about how God and his faithfulness, he will show up. Then he says he's perplexed but not in despair. Now the reality is that Paul often didn't know the solution to his difficulties. Have you tried to figure out a solution for your difficulties? We're always trying to control everything, are we not? Oh, see, I think there's one here that really understands this. <laughs> we're really major controllers. And it, and, but while we're in control, where are we casting our confidence? In ourselves. And so he knew that he, he didn't even have solutions for his difficulties, yet he understood that God would give him what he needed so that he never would visit a place of despair. He understood God's faithfulness. He said, I was persecuted, but I was never forsaken. At times, I'm sure he felt the weight of rejection, the dismissal from the people around him, yet the Lord never abandoned him in his mind battles. Have you been fighting mind battles in the last several months? I think a lot of us have. We've been fighting our worth issues, our significance. We've been fighting, you know, well, what's, what's the difference? You know, why should I take the next step? My husband will never get it. You know, what's the difference of believing in God? Nothing really changes. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on. But, you know, God tells us, take captive your thoughts. Because it's now it's time that we cast our confidence in the right place now. Now he says, struck down but not destroyed. He says, many times Paul was seriously wounded in action. We know. I mean, he was wounded in action. But yet the Lord raised them up again and again to share the glorious news of the gospel. This guy never stopped. He never gave up. He never lost heart. So how could this man continue to take the next step without faltering? It's hope. He put it all his hope and his confidence in the faithfulness of God, in the promises. His strength was on everything that God told him. He based it all on what God had said was his through Jesus. 
So what did that promise look like for them? Well, you find that answer in verse 6 and 7 just uh, before, be, before this hard-pressed section. He says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. We have all seen Jesus because Jesus was the one that was sent to provide us a way out. Jesus is the only provision for forgiveness. Jesus is the only provision to having a relationship with a great God. And he said here, he says, this, it, the light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God. He says, we know, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile jars, uh, fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. You know, when are we going to stop trying to boost up some things that are just, it just won't help you get through. It won't help you with the next step. It is this treasure. You see, God decided to give it to us. We are marred, weak, fragile jars of clay. We contain the beautiful treasure, the all-surpassing power in us, but we crack at times, don't we? But in the cracking, if we are walking and taking the next step, putting our confidence in God, what happens is that people see the shining light. In my burdens and in my trials, if I'm hard-pressed and perplexed, I need to believe that I will never be cast out, that I will never be abandoned by God, that he would never forsake me. When that happens, they even know that I'm pressed by difficulties, the people will see that light that's shining out and will affect them. So the treasure Paul is describing in this verse is from that previous verse in 16, is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. He says, Paul described God as a shining light into his heart, penetrating the darkness of unbelief, revealing the glory to Paul through, the, through faith in Christ. So is this all-surpassing power, this treasure, is it penetrating your unbelief? Is it penetrating the darkness that you feel today? Is it penetrating the wounds that have been there for years? Paul finally saw with spiritual eyes what he had never seen in all the years of his religion, all the practices and all the things that he had done, all of what he was going through paled in comparisons to what he had in Jesus, to seeing God's glory and to be given the opportunity to share in that glory forever. See, for him, it was about sharing the glory. For him, it wasn't about the difficulties. It wasn't about the shipwreck. It wasn't about the imprisonment. It wasn't about his weaknesses and failures. It was about him sharing this glory with others. That is our greatest treasure. And I, I think it's amazing that God chose us to put that treasure in us so that we can actually shine it to others. Paul says God wants to show that power of his glory, and it's coming from him. He leaves no room to suggest that power comes from Paul or any other being. Not, not only that, he says the power of the gospel, this is what the, the, the commentary says here, the power of the gospel is so overwhelming that it is not limited by the quality of its container. Are you understanding this? Let me say it again. We are the container. We're the channel. We always are always focused on that. I can't. Because, of, because I have no talent. I can't, 
uh, because, you know, I'm not like so-and-so. I can't uh, because, I'm, you know, of what I went through. No, no, we're conduits of that great light, that great surpassing power. He says the power of the gospel is so overwhelming that it is not limited to the quality of its container. Isn't that what we do though, beloved? Is that we limit God in our lives because we see our weaknesses as a mother, as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a husband, as a wife, and we make it about the weaknesses. We make it about our failures and our regret. We make it about our inabilities. We are focusing on the wrong things. And because of that, what we do is we cast our confidence in our defaults. And so we kind of like, you know, we do whatever we have to do to push it forward. And God is not in it at all. And so we need to understand, we, in order to move forward, we have to come to that place. We have to stop moving, you know, this, uh, uh, believing the lies that we are not, we can't shine this light. God didn't put just a little light for Erica and a little light and a big light for Ralph and a humongous light for Rosa. No, you have all of the glory of God revealed to you. We need to shine our lights. If God displays his limitless power and glory through our fragile and weak vessels, we are to fix our eyes now, not on the pandemic, not on all of everything that's going on with the information that changes on a daily basis. We are to fix our minds and our hearts towards God. When we should be, we should be fixed on the promises of his, this glorious power. If God is for us, who can be against us? We walk so much in fear, beloved. See, the commentary says this about this verse. God does not shine in our hearts simply to give us this knowledge, but rather that through us, the knowledge might shine to others. Do you see when we are making it about our insecurities? When we're making it about, I don't know, maybe it's because we don't think we are complete if we're not married. Let me talk to a few of you that are married. Maybe you can tell us that that's quite the lie. <laughs> My completeness doesn't come because I'm married. It comes because I'm in Jesus. Christ is my Savior, and he's my Lord. So we are so preoccupied with this pandemic, the loss of it, the injustice that we have forgotten that God has called us to shine the knowledge of Jesus, his power to save, his ability to heal, his power to forgive and to set free, to proclaim the hope of this new life in Jesus, not only here on earth, but the one that is to come in eternity. We have allowed our trials or distresses to overshadow this all-surpassing power. Can we be in agreement with that? Because on a whole, we always make it about the new update. Trust me, those updates have its place. But if we start letting those updates and all the information compromise what we stand on and who we are following, then, beloved, we are going to see a whole bunch of people not stepping forward anymore for Jesus. We need to step forward. We need to start shining our lights. Walking, most of us walk in doubt about God's goodness, or we wonder why the Lord is allowing us to go through such testing and trials. Well, the testing and trials, this is what I figured out, because that verse, which I'm going to show you in about two seconds, is one of my verses that I've had for years. 
And, and God has showed me not to look at the trial, but to look at what really, truly what he's doing in me in that trial. Because sometimes we lift up the trial. We lift up the burdens. We lift up the darkness. We lift up the pandemic. And when is it ever going to change? What happens if it never does? Well, I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying I had a prophetic word there. But... What in the world will happen to us? We will grow weary. We will lose heart. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. So, is it okay that God and his marvelous wisdom sees fit to allow us to be touched by sickness? To be touched by sorrow, affliction, maybe persecution in the days to come? Is it okay that he brings difficulty and distresses because he is going after what keeps me and you from shining? What if all of that is to go after your selfishness when you always make it about you? What if, what if he's going after your anxiety? You know, I was reading Psalm 95, 19 that says, you know, with, with, when anxiety is great in my heart, your consolation brings me joy. Your comfort, consolation is comfort. I started thinking about that. I can have that information. Oh, yes, God, when anxiety is in my heart, your comfort will bring me joy. But you walk around sourpuss face. You walk around complaining. You walk around not understanding that God has given you so much. So it's not just about information, is it? Because we can have that information. Whoa, anxiety is great in my heart. But does his comfort bring me joy? Because that's the next step. When the anxiety comes, I need to choose where I'm going to cast my confidence. When anxiety comes, and it will come, I need to trust and rely something much bigger than myself in order to navigate through it. And so there are times I just sit down and I wait and I choose which side, what I'm going to cast my confidence in. And a lot of times, beloved, there are times where I just put my confidence in my ability to navigate. I, I, I'm a type A personality if you haven't figured it out yet. I'm very task oriented. Give me a task, I will complete it. Give me a strategy, I'm going to bring it forward. But now God is saying, you know, while you hide behind those talents I gave you, you're not casting your confidence in the right place. Because these talents, this strength, won't last. Beloved, you've seen me take three months off this year. It was a very humbling experience for me. Because I realized God didn't really need me. But because he gave me this treasure, he called me to proclaim it and to shine to many people who have no hope. Many people who are looking for answers right now, beloved, who are afraid because of what they're living in. So now we know that if God so chooses to bring all that, in the distresses and difficulties, it's because he's going after what keeps you from shining for him. What keeps us from being defined by our fear? What what is, why are we casting our confidence elsewhere? It's because we're going to the wrong place for our security, our fulfillment, and our happiness. You know, life is not about happiness. I think this generation, I think, are really stuck with that. I just need to be happy. That's what covetousness is all about. I want to be happy at all cost. 
But if I forget that I've been put and I've been pulled out of darkness so that I can shine this glorious power to others, then I've missed it, beloved. God is calling me now to go forward, but he's also calling you to take that next step. See, the good news is that the dark moments of our life will last only as long as necessary for the Lord to accomplish his purpose. Maybe his purpose in you right now is just to get you off the bitterness tower. Mm. A lot of people are quiet. Maybe it's about getting you off, casting your confidence in a person. Maybe in your relationships. Maybe in your career. If only I had this job, then I'm going to be fulfilled and satisfied and everything's going to be whole for me. How many times do we have to actually go around that? before we realize there's really nothing. Everything is temporary except for the things that are eternal. Some, because of our rebellion, our pride, and our unbelief, we never take the next step. We never shine. So we need to remember, Paul never pretended to be Superman, and God's not asking you to pretend to be Superman. Praise God. He was merely human, so are we. All the suffering he experienced truly hurt him. It left scars in Paul's life. He was discouraged at times, but he never stopped taking the next step for Jesus. He knew he was weak, but he never made it about his weakness nor his troubles. He made it about shining the treasure to other people. That's why Paul never quit. None of the disciples quit on Jesus neither. They kept on proclaiming the good news. Jesus saves. Jesus forgives. Jesus sets free. You're not alone. You don't have to walk through this alone. God says, come to me and I will give you what you need. And so this is why Paul says this. He's 2 Corinthians 4, and I'm coming to an end. He says in uh, chapter 4, 16 to 18, this is my verses that I've had for years. He says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Now let me ask you. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be 15. 58 in a few weeks, months, weeks. All right. And I'm realizing this body of mine is dying. What I used to do, I cannot do. But that doesn't concern me. What I reflect on is, am I being renewed every day? Because it's actually, he says, I don't give up because I am being renewed every day. How do you think he's getting renewed? Every time he casts his confidence on God, he gets renewed. Every time he knows that God is going to be faithful over his promises, renew comes. For our present troubles, he says, are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix uh, fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You see, when God transforms me from the inside out, I was before Jesus, scary. Jesus came into my life and he started going after all of the things that kept me from shining and proclaiming his power. I thank him for it. I am grateful for it because today I know that these troubles, they won't last forever. I'm only here for a moment. So we need to fix our eyes on the right things if we want to take the next step.
You see, Paul refused to lose hope. And what does that mean? He refused to walk in a temptation to live in despair. Even though he had suffered, and, all, and it showed in his body how much he had suffered proclaiming the king, uh, Jesus, inwardly he was being made new pretty much every day. He was strong and determined, more convinced than ever, ever before that his purpose was to carry the light of the gospel to the world. We need to stay fixed on that purpose. So are we convinced, beloved, that we have the all-surpassing power? Are we convinced that God is faithful to keep his promises over us? Are we persuaded that if we commit something to him, that he will keep it until the end? Are we putting our confidence in the right place? 2 Corinthians 3 says this, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers in the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills and the spirit gives life. You see, we think we have to kind of create something in order to be used by God. No, the only way that we are going to be used by God is just to humble ourselves. Just say, God, you don't need this but you've given me that treasure so that you can use it for others. And this is where we have to ask yourself. We cannot keep this glorious, glorious news inside this vessel. We need to let it shine and touch others. We need to leave the pandemic and all its ups and downs and updates and all in the hands of God. Because God is big enough. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I believe that today it's about this quote that I think is really important. He says, those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. Do you see God in everything? Or you just see evil and darkness? Do you see God in this pandemic? What he's trying to do in us? See, Psalm 62, 5, 6 says this. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. So let me ask you, have you been shaken lately? Have you been greatly moved with all of the changes? Or is God giving you that surpassing peace that keeps you and sustains you while you navigate through what he's asking you? Are you shining this glorious knowledge of God to other people who are really without hope? And the only way we can do that is just actually to go out. Paul never stopped. He never quit. We must not quit now. Let's not lose heart. God needs his people to let him do what he needs to do using the pandemic, using your difficulties, your troubles, but now he's asking you to take the next step and putting your hope, all your hope, confident expectation on his promises over you. And the strength of it is because of his faithfulness. Do you know that he will never stop being faithful to us? No matter how weak this vessel comes, no matter how weak it becomes, God is still gonna be faithful. And I can still shine. In the three months that I was in my sabbatical, I realized God was just cleaning house. Is that what he's been doing with you? 
Stop fighting him, beloved. Trust his heart for you. And let him be that refuge for you. Run to him. And he will show you his greatness and his goodness over you.
truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will not be shaken. I believe some people today are looking for the answer and the answer is in Jesus. Amen. We cannot fix the problem of sin. We cannot fix the brokenness that's inside of us. But that's why God sent Jesus. He's the only provision for us. And he comes and he gives us forgiveness. And he comes and he creates a relationship with God so that we can have fellowship with him while we wait to get to heaven. But first we have to acknowledge that need. We have to acknowledge that we are powerless and we, think we cannot manage our life. And that's where we say, Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me for my sin. I have walked independently of you. I have said loud and clear, I'm going to do this on my terms. But now you're at that place where you realize no matter what you've touched, it's not giving you what you're looking for. And that's why it brings us to the belief issue. God says, if you believe on me and you confess in your heart, if you leave in your heart and you confess with your lips, that you, will sh you shall be saved. And so the salvation is that God wants you to come and call him Lord. That means he wants to help you with your life, but he is going to be the boss. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I mean, I was a boss in my life for years, and I achieved a lot of things, but in the end of the end, nothing took care of the emptiness. Nothing took care of the sin issue. But when Jesus came in, I changed. Amen. But I had to make that next step. And for some of you here, even though you have that step, you have not continued walking. You've let everything else define you. But this scripture where it says that that's all surpassing power, the knowledge of God's glory is that treasure within you. And God says you need to bust out. Mm -hmm. You need to start shining this. Don't cower. Paul, Paul never cowered. He never compromised, but he also knew that he needed to send forth that message to a lost world. It's us. We're, we're not plan B, beloved. We're plan A. We are called out. And I believe that's, God, that's why God has been challenging us. Let him fashion you. Let him go after those areas that cause you not to shine for him. Trust him, beloved. If he starts something, he will finish. And when he starts something, he completes the work. That means he's going to bring that victory. He's going to bring the restoration. He's going to bring the healing that you're looking for. He's going to bring your children back. He's going to restore your marriages. But you must take the next step. Follow through on what he's showing you. Let him deal with the rest. Amen. God is truly big enough. Amen? Amen? Let me pray for you tonight. Today... This morning, this afternoon, it doesn't matter. Let me cover the whole 24 hours today. Heavenly Father, I just want to come to you and ask you forgiveness first, Lord. Because truly, we've made it about so many things. We cast our confidence and we expected people, temporal things, to give us what we needed to be healed, to be nurtured, to be loved. And we always get disappointed. God, I'm so sorry, God, if I have ever done it. And Lord, don't ever let me actually choose the temporal over the eternal, God. Mm -hmm. 
because I will always be disappointed in it. I need to trust you, God. I need to rely and believe in you. So I'm asking you this day, God, that first you cleanse us, Lord, for our inability to trust you, to rely on you and even the smallest little things in our lives. God, I'm asking you to cleanse us. I'm asking you, Lord, that you open up heaven, that you bring heaven down to us in our problems today as we make you Lord over those areas, as we decide to let you lead. God, we ask, Lord, for blessing, for power, for authority, to speak into the lives of the people in our, in, our, in, our, in our influence, God, in our realm. God, I'm asking you, God, that you would just change the way we think. And if there are some here that have lost heart, beloved, the source of hope is right there for you. It is God and God alone. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing upon your people. We ask you, Lord, that you would shine upon them, but that they would actually give it right back out to those that are in their lives. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in the days to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We want to thank you for coming. Please remember, go out, out through the side.